0: It's the Andy Thompson Show on ESPN 977. And Auto Paint, check out Ideal Home and Auto Paint, the uh home store at 4096 South River Road, and of course the Auto Paint store on Tabernacle Proud sponsor of local sports here in southern Utah. Let's do it, Lawrence. What do we got? The sport hall. Sports, 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 sports. And we want to be a part of this program for a long time. Um I've moved a lot in this business to be able to uh, be here today, to become a head coach in a power five program, to win 10 games, to be a top 15 team, hopefully a top 10. And uh, we've got 18 out of 22 returning starters next year. So uh, I have no interest in going anywhere. I have a lot of interest in uh, seeing if we can get to that CFP. And there's 12 teams in it next year. Uh, and I- hmm. All right, Sporty. Mm-hmm. Should coaches have to sit out a year if they want to change schools? I can't believe your boyfish is leaving Arizona. What a snake. Oh, Larry, how cute. Well, Arizona needs to realize that they're a rehab school, Larry. They're not. Oklahoma. Did, did Arizona fans think they were Oklahoma? Did they think that they were Oregon? Did they think Fish was going to stick around after turning the program around? The only thing special about Arizona's program was Jed Fish and what he was able to do and how he sold the players to come there and the amount of talent he got there. Fish was what was special about Arizona. What Arizona needs to realize is they're the red-headed stepchild of their own state. Tucson to Tempe, you're the stepchild that nobody cares about relative to, to, to Arizona State. And Arizona State's nothing to write home about anymore. You're a basketball school. You have no NFL pet. Pedi- Your last first-round NFL draft pick, Larry, in Tucson was 2008. So it's been a while. You don't have a lot to sell anybody. Fish could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves, Larry. So be glad you ever got a guy like Fish. He did a fantastic job getting him because nobody knew about him. He coached everywhere. He came from the NFL. Nobody knew about this guy. Wasn't a big name. You found him. You get credit for that. But, of course, he's going to leave you because you, you got the right guy at the wrong time. He's still ascending. You don't want to get an ascendant coach if you're Arizona, which is why I'm worried about the San Jose State guy they just got, who's taken San Jose State to three consecutive bowl games. He's a winner. He's going to come and probably do pretty well at Arizona, but then he'll be gone in two years. So you need the right coach at the right time, and by right time, I mean after he's goosed somebody somewhere else, and he's rehabbing his reputation at your crappy program. Specifically, a guy like Rich Rodriguez, who failed at Michigan, came to your place to rehab his reputation, did a pretty good job, won the South once. He had uh, some—what's the word for it, Larry? Improprieties, I think, within the program, and they had to get rid of him. Then you got Kevin Sumlin, who was on a rehab stint in the desert after he failed at Texas A&M. That failed. But those are the waters you have to swim in if you're Arizona— you get a Power 5 failure who is going to be stable in Tucson because no Power 5 good program is going to want to take a chance on him again because he's been a proven failure at the elite levels of college football. So go back to those waters. It's a 50-50 coin toss either way. But had Richrod not pooched it, He probably would have been in Arizona still. He could have been there for 10 or 15 years because upper echelon programs aren't going to take a chance on him because of how bad he failed at Michigan. So I'm talking about the Scott Frost route. I'm talking about the Dan Mullen route. Dan Mullen, who is an analyst right now for ESPN, he's probably still too good for Arizona. Scott Frost isn't. Failed at Nebraska. Go get one of these guys, soon to be Chip Kelly. He'll be at your level soon enough. Brett Bialema, he's failing again at Illinois. He had one good year there. Go check him out. These rehab guys, like Rich Rod, who is now rehabbing himself at Jacksonville State, or wherever the heck he is and doing really well. Brady Hoke, who went to San Diego State his alma mater, rehabbed himself. He's now retired, but he did pretty well for the Aztecs. So these guys that fail at big-time programs, Arizona, that's who you need to get if you want somebody good who's going to stay at your program for longer than two years. And it's sad for Arizona because Fish and the players and winning and Big 12, is he would have been able to compete for a Big 12 championship next year. A lot of people have Arizona as the top team based on this year going into next year. You know, they beat Utah and a bunch of other good teams. So it is a sad day for Arizona. But don't fool yourself of what kind of program you are. And don't fool yourself with this new guy if he's good this year because he'll be gone after this year. Now, should there be a one-year Non-compete, you got to sit out rule with coaches? No, of course not. It's a free market. You get a better job. You ladder climb just like the players are able to now. I I would consider, Lawrence, if there was something where you couldn't be a coach colluding with your players to have all of them leave with you to go to Washington. We've seen this time and time again. When a coach leaves, he just takes all of his players with him. I would be interested in discussing the possibility of not completely devastating the program and allowing the coach to just take everybody with him in the transfer portal. You'd have to give me a solid argument, Larry. I don't think you have one right now, though. No. So if you're a rehab school, you've got to admit it. The Indianas of the world in the Big Ten, Arizona in the soon-to-be Big 12, Syracuse or wherever in the ACC. It's fine to be that. Don't get an ascendant guy. Go get a a back a backslider, a guy who's who's you know had a problem with a secretary or something. Yeah, that's who you want to hire. He'll be with you forever for life. Any others like that? Jimbo Fisher, Mel Tucker. Names like that, Larry. They gladly come to Tucson. They gladly come there. They'll be there for the rest of their careers. You'll win seven, eight, nine games with them. Don't be too good for Mel Tucker now. Anything else on that one, Lawrence? It was cool to have Arizona good at football. Especially, you know, good because of next year with Arizona State, they're coming to the Big 12 with everybody. Would have been fun to have them continue to be good. But Fafita's probably gone... Um, The McMillan kid's probably gone. So they're probably going to be terrible. Unless this new coach, you know, can keep them above water. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, Larry, but he's the San Jose guy. By the way, how about Dorian Singer coming to Utah? Dorian Singer was previously a Jed Fish guy who dumped fish to go to USC this year. I don't know what happened. I was... I was thinking he was going to be one of the best receivers in the country this year. Did he get hurt? What happened? He didn't get the ball a lot. They had a bunch of other receivers. Now he's coming to Utah for some reason. I don't know how Whittingham and Utah and, and Ludwig and everybody got him to come to Utah coming off the worst passing season in the conference. I understand Rising's coming back, and that's great and exciting, but there's a tons more passing offenses that have got to be more attractive to an elite receiver trying to get to the NFL than Utah, who has never put a receiver in the NFL since Dyson or somebody, right? Why would he go to Utah, Larry? Do you have any idea? No. It's amazing to me. But that is a huge score for Whittingham. Maybe the trucks are working after all, Lawrence. Fantastic. Good for the Utes. But that's just part of college football. Coaches leave. They have one or two good years. They're going to leave like a thief in the night. In the audio you played, Larry, where he's saying, I don't want to go anywhere. We're building something here. We're working my contract out. All that stuff means nothing. Because Washington came. They doubled his contract, doubled his resources. Big Ten just played in the title game. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Of course, he's got to take it. And I don't blame Fish. I kind of blame DeBoer for leaving Washington to go to Alabama because I think it is a quality of life thing, but going from Arizona to to a Washington is a a must take. You got to dump Arizona in a heartbeat, Larry, and that's exactly what Fish did. And I resent you calling him a snake, Lawrence, because I'm a fish guy. All right, very good. Next topic, my friend. What do we got? Or what who up, do we buddy? got, I guess. You're not very bright, are Andy you? Andy versus Randy. As we do every Monday or Tuesday, we welcome in my twin brother, Randy, to give us his constructive compliments about the program. What's up? What up, buddy? How's it going? Thanks for calling. What's going on, man? Not much. Did you enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, my friend? Yeah. Yeah, how about you? I liked it. Well, I was struck by how many people from the Beehive State, our great state, uh, showed out. Kincaid had a touchdown. Jordan Love from your beloved Aggies shut up a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Puka had a great game. Best receiver, best receiving performance in the playoffs. Mm. Probably PI on him, too, on that one, on the last Ah. pass to him. Ah, maybe. Maybe I thought it was. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Wait, what, am I missing anybody? Uh, it seems like. Yeah. We are oh uh, Covey. Yeah, he did really Covey's get a shot uh, no. last night. No, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, well, it's just uh, it's just pretty good, pretty good. Um, Panay, uh, the Lions, of course. Oh, of Panay course. Sewell. Of course. Is in it, First so. team all pro. That's right, best in the business the right tackle. All right, we'll see how it good goes. Good call. Okay, good call. Yeah. All right. See ya. Thanks a lot. Not one of his best. The board sport hall. Sports, 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 sports. I think a lot of people are cheering for Jordan Love, Larry, because I think I think people hate the Packers nationally, um, just because they're always pretty good. But I think people are rooting for Love because people hate Rodgers even more than the Packers, and to see Love do well is gratifying to them. Especially going down to the Big D and just winging it all around the yard, Larry, just flinging it, man. And I was thinking, uh, Randy just brought up the Beehive State, but I'm 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 wondering if we did a. So you've got remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs. What state did they play high school? Mahomes, Texas. Mayfield, Texas. Love Texas, right? Will you look that up, Larry? Isn't he from Texas? Then you've got, um, let's see, you got Josh Allen, California. You've got Brock Purdy, Arizona, I think. Lamar. Shoot. I don't know. Is Lamar, I want to say Florida or Georgia or something. Um, Goff. I think California. So a lot of Texas, a lot of California, I guess, if there's a point to be made with that demographic thing. That's where the quarterbacks come from. I guess we already did, already knew that. Can you double-check on some of those, Larry? Yes. Can you get a minute? I know you're sitting there staring at me for 40 minutes here, but if you get a second to crack open your laptop. All right, next topic. What do we got? This Sport Home. Sports, 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 sports. Two-minute drill presented by Ideal Home and Auto Paint. To the five, to the two, diving, touchdown. Here's Drake Carroll, 19 seconds. Carroll spins, gives it to the Taylor. back to Carroll. On the cut, he finishes off the glass, 10 seconds left. Mmm. Very exciting game. I know it's been a few days, but we didn't have the show yesterday, so we'll talk about it today. Crimson Cliffs gets the victory in the Fieldhouse against Desert Hills. Another awesome game. Every game I've done this year has been like a one pos- Excuse me, it Has been a one-possession game in Region Nine. Even going back to the Coach Walk Classic, every game I did was close. I don't want to jinx it. But it was another phenomenal game. Allred went for 35 points. He's pulling up with a guy in his face all over the court making shots. Uh, Sean Feltz was great. Um, Drake Carroll had that game-winning backdoor cut. Beautiful pass from Trevor Taylor. McKay Lindquist, stud. Holy cow. Talk about making shots and transition buckets and contested shots. He had a great game again. And uh, Desert Hills was very impressive, not just all red, but the whole team. I thought played really well. Standings right now: Dixie three and zero, Pineview two and one, Snow Canyon two and one, Crimson two and two, Desert Hills two and two, Cedar one and three, and Hurricane zero three or zero four. Lawrence RPI top five: Leighton Christian. Number one, their only losses are to Green Canyon and Wasatch Academy. Number two is Dixie in the RPI. Only losses are to Orem San Ramon Valley by one team out of California and Wasatch Academy by three points, Lawrence. Logan, number three. Uh, What do we know about Logan? They beat Pineview, they lost to Desert Hills, and they beat Cedar. So, two and one against Region Nine schools this year. Green Canyon, fourth. They just lost to Ridgeline by 14. They beat Desert Hills by seven in the pre conference. And then Pineview, five. How about the Panthers, man? Top five in the RPI. Remarkable what they're doing. Uh, losses to Dixie, Bear River, Logan, and uh, Canyon View. We will have three games for you on uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, on ESPN 97.7. You'll hear Snow Canyon taking on the Dixie Flyers. Should be a great one. Will Dixie go undefeated in Region 9 play this year? Time, you played a pretty pretty tough-nosed, right, Lawrence? We weren't at that game. yes. But. I think if you put a, uh, if yeah, there was a prop bet in Mesquite, if they would, the odds would be yes, for it happening, but it rarely happens. It's hard to go through a whole region schedule undefeated, regardless of how good you are. But they've been unbelievable. They just travel around, with one of the best teams in the whole dang state. Let alone 4 a, in my opinion. Once again, uh, Jordan Roberts leading the region in in assist and the state in assist. He's averaging... Shoot, Larry. We pulled blocks today. We'll need to do assists later, but he's averaging double-digit assists again. And like a 4-1 to assist to turnover ratio. The block stat is Caleb Jackman. The kid has... Now, you think about the talent the bigs have this year with Condi and Feltz and Lemke... And it keeps going. Second place is Lemke with like 39 blocks in like 15 games. So that's like two point something blocks a game. Caleb Jackman has 70 blocks. He's averaging over five blocks a game. That's Mark Eaton territory. Now the record, of course, is the great Sean Bradley, Emery High, who for the season averaged like nine blocks a game. But Jackman is uh, having a tremendous year defensively for the Tigers. We'll have that game. We'll have Hurricane Crimson uh, tomorrow on 890 KDXU. Carrick Segmiller will have the call. Thank you. Very good, Lawrence. Next topic. All right, Sport holders, time for Who You Crappin'? All right, Who You Crappin' is brought to you by our good friends at the Matt Hickman Team and Academy Mortgage, top 1% mortgage originator in the country right here in your backyard. The Matt Hickman Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. What do you got, Lawrence? Who You Crappin' about the NFL? All the games were blowouts. It was a terrible weekend. Uh oh. Well, I-, I think the NFL can survive anything. They can survive a crappy Super Wildcard weekend as far as the game's being blown. It's because there's still great storylines. You've got, you've got Baker back with the bucks dominating a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So the rehabilitation of Baker is a big deal. Um, a rookie from the Texans and Stroud winning is a big storyline. That's a big deal. In my opinion. So, you, Even though there were blowouts, there's still sto- Jordan Love going into the Big D and putting on a show for Green Bay. That's a storyline that the NFL likes. Having a quarterback in Green Bay is a big deal. I don't know what that means, but I think, you know, it's something people say. Having a great quarterback in Green Bay just is what the NFL has been since, you know, uh, Lombardi. They've always had one. So he, he kind of fits in there. Um, having Taylor Swift still in the playoffs is big for the NFL, even though that game was a blowout. Detroit, Motor City getting the win over L- L.A. I know that was a one-point game, an awesome game. And it was hard for me. I was cheering for Campbell, and I was cheering for the boys, uh, the Lions. But it was hard for me to cheer against McVeigh and it was hard for me to cheer against Puka and Stafford. I liked all I like all of those guys. And I like the Rams team. I like Aaron Donald, but I hate you got to cheer for the Lions because you love Campbell and you love Golf and the storyline and the, the Detroit, such redemption for Golf. You could see it after the game, uh, how much that win meant to him. Um, what other storylines did I miss, Larry? The point is, even the blowouts doesn't matter. The NFL can survive anything. And what I was talking about with the shower thought wasn't necessarily, Larry, if you were listening, I wasn't necessarily talking about what a great weekend of football it was. I was saying how, what a contrast there is with how the NFL treats Detroit, Buffalo, Kansas City, all of these mid market, small market, non coastal places. The, the NFL just worships these flyover country states and cities when you compare it to how the NBA and Major League Baseball treats them. Major League Baseball, you have no stability. You've got no payroll. You've got nothing in any of those markets. It's all about New York. It's all about L.A. getting Shohei. All the stars are in the big markets. The NFL, the stars don't care about what market they're in at all. In fact, you look at this next draft— the big heralded Heisman first-round, first-pick quarterback draft pick says, I don't want to go to Chicago. I don't want to go to the third biggest market in the country with marketing capabilities and reach and all that crap that's uh, what's ancillary to playing football. I don't want to go to Chicago. That never happens in the NBA. You're either LA. You want to go to New York. You want to go to Chicago. You want to go to Miami. You want to go to Boston. Caleb Williams and his people are like, we refuse. If you draft, I need a guarantee that the that the Bears are going to trade that pick if I'm going to enter the draft because the NFL markets don't matter. The small markets are propped up. They're revered. The cold, the snow, Kansas City, ten feet of snow in Buffalo. Uh, you know, Green Bay doesn't matter where you are. There's so many dormant mid-major, mid-major, mid-market teams in the NBA and Major League Baseball. The Red- Cincinnati Reds, the Rays, the Indians. Indians haven't won a World Series in baseball. I know they're the they're the Guardians. They haven't won a World Series in 80 something years, and nobody wants to play there. Nobody wants to go there. It's a shame. The NFL would never treat Cleveland like that. (laughs) Basketball, same deal. There's a bunch of loser mid-market franchises who are spat on. At least the NBA has a salary cap to kind of even it. But when it comes to Christmas Day, and when it comes to all the other showcasing the, the stars, NBA sucks compared to the NFL. And the NBA is actually in a phase now where you've got Jokic in Denver, you've got Giannis in Milwaukee, you've got, you got Larry in Utah. Actually, not bad right now. But compared to the NFL, the NFL is the perfect league. That's the theme of this show day in and day out. Perfect. Everything they do is perfect, except putting that stupid game on Peacock on Saturday night. That was disgusting. And the stream wasn't great. A lot of people complaining, Larry. Did you have Peacock? Did you have Peacock on Saturday? Yes. Did you have problems with the stream? Yes. I did too a little bit. It's annoying. And they showed um they showed uh disrespect to NFL fans for doing that crap. And I know it's a money grab. I know the world is moving towards streaming and every game. It's a bright, new, brave new world when every game will be available a la carte via stream. That's fine. You can sell me on that. If every team and every league has just go get, like the Jazz are doing now with the Jazz Plus thing, fantastic. Love that. But we're not quite there yet. And to do it in the playoffs, complete money grab, bleep peacock, and forget you uh NBC it's a joke how dare you do that <clears throat> um anything else on that one Lawrence oh the other thing is having Jared Goff win and having Baker win and I know it's the super who cares round but they still won playoff games that's good for the NFL too because you look at guys like Bryce Young who had a horrible rookie season and it's like Whoa, oh, we made the wrong pick with this dude he sucks guys like Zach Wilson heck guys like Trey Lance what Jared Goff and Baker show is a top pick who doesn't blow the doors off his first three or four years you still you can grow into that position I guess is my point If you suck your first and second year, it doesn't necessarily mean you're done, even though that's been the reputation, dog-eat-dog of the NFL. I like seeing guys, humble first picks, who go on and keep fighting, keep backing up, and then they get a shot and they win. How do you not cheer for that? Now, I guess Goff has never been a a backup, but he got shunned by McVay and the Rams, and then he beat them, so that was cool. Very good storyline. Next topic, Larry. What do we got? Boys, boys, boys. Southern California, we got to beat the LA schools. There you go. Nice play for Utah. Davon Smith sets up Brandon Carlson. Who is the best basketball team in the state right now? Mm. Great question, Larry. The best basketball team in the state right now is. Ah! It's hard to win, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, would you rather be anywhere else? Would you rather be in any other league in America? Would you rather be playing in any other gym than the one we just played in? Right? That's Mark Pope, And I think that was after the UCF win. And it's like, Mark, I I can think of 10 other gyms I'd rather play in in this conference than playing UCF. Who gives a crap? But I get your point. It's a great conference to be in. It's so, it's so awesome that they're not in the WCC water polo conference anymore. Good for BYU. And their first, Larry, I know they lost to, to Utah, but that was an eternity ago. BYU, 1-2 and two in the conference. They got a chance to beat their favorite at home against Iowa State tonight. Listen to it on KDXU. And... This is a prove-it kind of game in the sense that BYU's got the best offense, the best shooting team in the whole country. They're ranked fifth in the net right now, Larry, with a great record against quad one and quad two schools. Iowa State's ranked. Iowa State just beat Houston. Um, In fact, Houston lost to Houston's one and two in the Big 12. The number two team in the country has a losing record in the Big 12. So the conference is very good. We knew that. But specifically, this Iowa State team is the best defensive team in the one of the best in the country, and BYU is one of the best offenses in the country. And so we'll see how BYU functions tonight against a good defense. I guess is what I'm trying to say, Larry. <laughs> Trevin Nell is shooting close to 50 percent from three. BYU is remarkable at shooting the ball, and I don't know. I don't know what what it is from this year to last year. Uh, Jackson Robinson didn't have a great game against UCF but the ball's moving around they're getting open rhythm catch and shoot jump shots and that's why they're playing good basketball right now Trevin now 48 percent from three from Woods Cross Larry returned missionary for heaven's sake so he's he's having a great year anything else on BYU no It'd be cool if they could make the tournament just taking, like, fifth or sixth or whatever in the Big 12, you know? You finish in the top seven in that conference, you're probably going to get a bid. So uh, Marriott Center will be rocking tonight, no doubt about it. Who's next, Larry? Great Osabor from Utah State is the Mm. player of the week. The junior forward led the Aggies to a 2-0 week with wins over Wyoming and at UNLV. Over the two games, Ossobor averaged 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 3.5 assists per game while shooting 65.2% from the field. Why aren't they number one, Larry? They've only got one loss. Well, I'm just basically taking it from the net ranking thing. I don't even know what the net rankings are some somebody some egghead'll have to break it down. Larry, why aren't you breaking it down? This is your stuff. Utah's got a great Utah State's got a great record against Quad 1 and 2, 6 and 1 in those games. What's amazing to me is last year Utah State played like BYU's playing this year where they just had shooters all over the floor, they're making a ton of threes, like 10 threes a game or whatever. Which is now what BYU's doing. Now, Utah State is out-athleticking people. They've got Great Osibor, who's one of the top ten players in the country. He's on these wooden watch list awards. This kid from Montana that Sprinkle brought. He's amazing. He's a double-double machine. He goes to the free throw line like ten times a game. Makes all of his free throws. He's phenomenal. Love Great Osibor and love that uh, Utah State, who a lot of people coming into this year were like, oh my gosh, we lost everybody. Well, it's the blessing and curse of the of the portal. Kind of like Utah State in football, too. They lost their whole defense. They actually had an okay year. Basketball, same thing. Doing pretty dang good. One loss on the year, 20th in the net, six and one in quad one and two games. Other players, by the way, in the top ten wouldn't watch thing, a lot of big dudes. Zach Eady from from Purdue, who was great last year, but then lost in the first round of the tournament because big guys don't do well in the tournament. He's number one. Uh, Kyle Filipowski from Duke, another big guy. Hunter Dickinson, who's now at Kansas, used to be at Michigan. Another big. Everybody on the list is like six nine, six ten. That's what makes college basketball different. Is not only are they six ten or seven feet, they're they don't play. They, what am I trying to say? They're big guys. They play on the block, Larry. And that's what great Osabor does. Fantastic. Go Agnes. I don't know who they play this week. All right, who's number three? Utah, twenty-fourth in the net, five and five in quad one and two games. The reason I put them, well, I think it's obvious. They've lost three of their last four, including Arizona, Arizona State, and then they just lost to Stangford. Shootest. Give me a break. Okay, other, other uh, teams that I'll go through here. Weber's 111th in the net, UVU 202, Utah Tech 253, SU 274. Utah Tech and SU play each other on Thursday up to Cedar City. That'll be fun. Weber, we hear about their kid, uh, their player, whose name I uh, I can't think of right now. He's one of the best in, uh, in his conference. And maybe in the West as a whole. It's fantastic. Utah Tech got the win against Stephen F. last week. We'll see if they can go up to SU and get the win on Thursday. Anything else there, Larry? No. All right, next topic. What do you got? Pandering local poll of the day. They need to hire AP, by the way. I don't know why there's even any question. I don't know why there's anything... Like mm-hmm. AP should absolutely be the coach down there. What what is there to contemplate? Maybe Davis should be mad still have who dinner. would be mad if Yeah, who would be mad if AP was a coach? Any fans? No. Any players? No. Who media? No. Who would be upset if AP was a coach down there? Who should the Raiders hire? That was JJ Watt on the Pat McAfee show. Talking about the Raiders. Antonio Pierce. Well, I think Pierce has to be the guy. And I'm usually against players deciding who the next coach is because players are idiots and they're just going to go with their buddy coach who they like and know over the devil they don't know, which would be a new coach. The reason why I go with Pierce in this situation is because they just had a start shirt, no personality guy in McDaniels who failed. And didn't connect with the team and sucked. And the fans turned on him and stuff. So I think you gotta suck up to the players. You gotta suck up to Max Crosby, who says, I'm I wanna get out of here if if Pierce isn't the coach. So I I think Mark Davis's inclination is I want a big name, just like Papa Al would have gone and gotten. You know, I want to go talk to Belichick, I want to talk to Harbaugh, I want to talk to Vrabel. But I think he's got to, I think and I think he's going to according to every report I've read, it, Pierce is the guy is the front runner because I think the players I think you you owe it to the to the players to get Pierce in there. Um you're probably going to be terrible. That, you just don't have a quarterback. So I'll be rooting for him. But I think it's a fait accompli that they go with Pierce. And the reason I'm against the emotional players deciding who your next coach is is because this isn't this isn't little league. It's not. It's not even college or high school. You have professionals who are there to evaluate who gives you the best chance of winning. Who that's their full time job. The front office. That's what they do. The president. And the owner and all of it, all the all the minions who walk around all day in suits—that's their job. They're supposed to put their butt on the line to hire people, and you know they they are bad at it. And when they're that bad at it, with with uh, McDa- with Josh McDaniels, then I'm fine with okay, fine. You're the Raiders. This guy is really connecting with the players and the fans and he's got them jazzed up to play football. And when they got rid of McDaniels, remember Devonte and the guys playing Nerf basketball in the locker room, having fun again, all that crap. Let him do it. Fine. I, I think Pierce should be the hire. I want to go on record. Now I'll also go on record saying they're not going to be good next year or the year after, because it's hard to be good in this league when you've got Aiden O'Connell as your quarterback or, Jimmy FG or whoever else and in Patrick Mahomes' division and if a good coach goes to the Chargers, then you're really screwed. So those are my thoughts, Larry. Alright, we're going to wrap it up. What do you got next? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this week's Gus Johnson Award goes to And on this play, ready to rush the quarterback There's Rudolph's throw, and it's incomplete. It was deflected, and this may be a pick. I think it's intercepted, Jim. It's Hyde crossing just in case. It was deflected by Bernard, and they're saying it hit the ground. It did, but it looked like it was intercepted, Jim. I saw you jumping up and down. You thought it was a pick at first It looked like he hit. So you're being facetious with that pick, right, Larry? Yes. Well, I saw a bunch of people hammering Romo again. I'm not one of these guys that hammers Romo. I like Romo. I like how excited he is and how much fun he seems to be having watching these games. He got hammered because, Nance says, you were jumping up and down when you thought the Bills intercepted that pass. And Steelers fans are like, you can't hide your bias, Romo. You're clearly wanting the Bills to win. Let me defend Romo. He's jumping up and down because he's excited, just in general, about the game. He sees it; incre- it would have been an incredible interception that bounces off a guy's chest on the ground and falls into the guy's hands for the Bills and stuff. He's just excited. I don't think he's—I don't think that shows that he wants the Bills to win the game. Although maniac NFL fans will perceive it like that if they're Steelers fans. No, he's just excited. It's like I was doing a game with—not uh, to compare what I do with what you know. <laughs> Romo the highest paid commentator in the world does but let me give you a little uh, announcer's perspective here Larry and that is that when I'm in a calling a high school basketball game and a kid gets an and one I can't help but pump my fist down like I'm the ref right like and one boom. And I'm sure to the opposing fans, it looks like, oh, look at this Homer for Hurricane over here who's who's pumping his fist that the Tigers just got an and-one. But I do that for every time there's an and-one. I can't help but do it. And I think that's what Romo was doing. He just is a gleeful, excited guy who the world is trying to drag down Lawrence. And I'm not for that. I like Romo. I like how, you know, childlike wonder he has calling games. And I don't blame him for getting excited during a playoff game. So even though you were being facetious about awarding Romo, I'm giving it to him matter-of-factly, Larry. Congratulations, Tony Romo. $10 gift certificate to Island Grinds. Quick break, back with more of the Andy Thompson Show. And we come back right here on your local sports leader. Thanks for being with us.